Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 765 with Sean Walshef. Not only that, but people, there's so many creatives that need an opportunity to tell a story. And you already have a story. You already started the restaurant. You've already done so much of what they haven't done. And they'd be willing to give, give you work for free. They want to build their resume. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Insights, tools, and training to build a better restaurant, better business, and better life. That's what you get with restaurantowner.com. And honestly, as far back as I can remember over the past eight years, I think Restaurant Owner is probably the most recommended resource on the show for independent restaurant owners. And right now, I've struck a special deal with restaurantowner.com. When you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months free access to restaurantowner.com. That's a great deal. Not to mention your first 30 days of Restaurant Unstoppable Networker on us. So what are you waiting for? Get on it. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free what's going on unstoppables a quick reminder to please support the show you support the show by supporting our sponsors and we are super selective about who we let sponsor the show so you are in good hands when you do use our links. Uh, and another way you can support the, sh- the show, something I don't do often enough is remind you to please share this thing. If you're finding value in this podcast, and I know you are because you keep coming back, please share this podcast and help us get it into the ears of other people who are aspiring to be great in the industry. Um, we're trying to grow this thing. Uh, the more people who are listening, the more we can do to serve you. It's that simple. And then lastly, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, it's been a while since I've been pushing those reviews and, uh, they really do help with getting discovered in iTunes, which is where like 90% of our downloads come from. We're at the number one spot right now, but I want to stay there and you can help us by leaving that five-star review. So today we're talking to Sean Walshef. Sean is out of San Diego, California. And when I was on my road trip, uh, Last year, it's crazy to think that was over a year ago, I stopped by and we recorded. He had me on his show, um, Behind the Smoke, which is now Digital Hospitality. He was going through that transition when I was over there last year. And um, what we're talking about today is, is looking at your restaurant or really looking at your business, I should say, as a media company first and as a restaurant second. And that's what Sean's doing right now. And that's what he's teaching. And he is the also, the, you know, he's a restaurateur and his restaurant is Cali Comfort Barbecue, uh, again, out of San Diego, California. The reason why I reached out to Sean was because last week I was having coffee at a local coffee shop 
in Exeter, New Hampshire, seven North shout out to Doug York. Uh, and we just started having this really cool conversation about the future of restaurants and media and how he wanted to start his own podcast, uh, kind of, uh, documenting and journaling his journey as a first time cafe owner. And I thought that was such a great idea and I was really encouraging him to do it. Then we started talking about this other podcast called the startup podcast, where it was literally like a, an entrepreneur podcasting about starting a podcast about his podcast. It was, <laughs> I don't know, pretty crazy, but I really love this idea and I feel like we can use this platform to get creative to, um, Maybe, you know, it's weird. Like I, I always had this vision of, of restaurant stoppable podcast being my launching pad for starting my own restaurant someday that I would use it to generate money and relationships to one day open my own restaurant. Um, but now I'm starting to think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that media first restaurant second approach. And I'm trying to say to myself, how can I maintain my podcast and then somehow open my own restaurant while doing both? And that's going to be hard because it's a full-time job to have a podcast. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, but, but I, I feel like if I get super intentional and if I look at, like think about my vision and try to align the things that I want to do in my business and, and, and make it into a way where we can just stack things organically so I can just exist and share my story as I'm going. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it, but basically what you're listening to right now is the live version of the exploration of what the future looks like. And I don't know what it looks like, but I need to start having the conversation. And this workshop is kind of my way of, of kickstarting the creative juices. And maybe uh, I hope in the future, possibly as soon as tomorrow, I might bring my equipment over to Doug York's place and we might just do a brainstorming session. Uh, and we'll do that during the coffee with Eric, literally going to be having coffee in a cafe with a cafe owner coffee with Eric on Thursday. Um, and we're just going to kick around some ideas and let those creative juices flow. Hopefully, um, no promises. We're going to make sure, uh, schedules work out, but that's the idea. And I think that's kind of like the, the role that restaurant stoppable the evolution that restaurant stoppable is going to have is more of a in like a real time as things are happening planning strategic like letting you guys get like more of a behind the scene of what's going on at the restaurant stoppable and these are going to be published in the form of bonus content or, or bonus episodes that will live forever within restaurant stoppable network so with that said here's the workshop i hope you enjoy it sean wall chef thank you again for coming on and uh you guys are gonna you're about to learn something here it is with excitement, allow me to welcome back on the show a, for a second time, Sean Walshev. Sean, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? Feeling unstoppable. Let's do it, Eric. That is what we like to hear. So over the last 12 years, Sean Walshev's restaurant and media business has generated over $25 million in sales in San Diego, California, without ever adding another single location. His greatest location's curse became his greatest gift as it forced him to focus on all things digital just to stay in business. Currently, his team has developed a plan to scale with a new bar- barbecue media model that is three times more profitable than his first business. Uh, and if you guys want to check out Sean's first episode, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 675. We'll have that right over there for you guys ready to listen to uh, if, if you haven't listened to that episode. But today, again, we're going to be talking about uh, 
treating your rest or treating your business, I should say, like a media company first and a restaurant second. And we're going to be unpackaging the four P's to content creation and really just getting Sean's philosophy, why he thinks this is the best approach. I might push back a little. I'm, I'm one of those guys that are on the fence. Uh, I think I definitely know the power of social media. Um, I'll save some of my thoughts for later, but Sean, um, kind of like paint the, the scene for us real quick. Like, why did you want to have this be your, your conversation, like your, your area of expertise? Well, I, th- I think there's no better time for restaurant owners to share their gifts with the world. You know, what we do as restaurant owners in the business that we're in, we all know how difficult it is. We all know how jumping off that cliff, deciding, yes, I want to open up a restaurant or yes, I want to take over the existing family business. We know what that means and we know the path and the blood and the sweat and the tears and all the people that say you can't do it, but we do everything in our power to make sure that we can do it. So that we can keep the lights on, that we can pay the payroll, that we can pay our vendors, that we can provide the five-star hospitality that we want to provide. And why I'm so excited is that what's happening now in 2020 is we live in the information age. We literally live in this digital age where the first iPhone came out in 2007. So that's 13 years ago. And we take the thing for granted. The smartphone that's in our pocket, whether it's an Android or whether it's an iPhone, it doesn't matter. We all know that we spend countless hours on that phone every single day, whether it's with our girlfriends, whether it's with our wives, whether it's our husbands, our kids, our grandparents, our friends. That's how we're communicating. It's literally through texts, images, video, and photos. That's how we communicate, and that's how we can develop all these incredible relationships. And for me, why I'm excited is, Eric, because of digital hospitality, even though you will push back on my thesis, uh, because of digital hospitality, that's why you and I have become friends. That's why I care so much about Restaurant Unstoppable. That's why I care about this network. That's why I care about these people that have joined the call, the people that will listen to this podcast. I mean, number one, it puts like-minded people together. So we always say, stay curious, get involved, and ask for help. If you're listening to this content, you already have passed step one. You're already curious. You already want to be better. You want to learn more. You want to improve. And the greatest gift that we have is that we're in the hospitality business. So not only can we help ourselves, not only can we help our team, but we can help our village and we can help other businesses who don't don't understand hospitality the same way that we do. I feel all that, and I and I, I align with most of that. I'll I'll share some of my opinions for later on in the conversation. But <laughs> real quick, kind of paint that picture of how you started to pivot because you started in two thousand eight at yep. opening your barbecue restaurant, um, yep. but you weren't like you know what you're doing. You weren't you weren't doing then what you're doing now as far as focusing on media. That's safe to say, right? Correct. So what yeah, did that, we, what take us through that like that that pivot. So we opened in 2008 in a part of San Diego that every real estate expert, um, anyone that was in the restaurant business, people close to me, people much smarter than me, they said, what, you know, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing opening a restaurant in that part of San Diego? Like, that's not a good place to open. It's 2008. You know, the economic recession's going on. Like, why are you investing money and time in a business that's as hard as the restaurant business is in a location that's as difficult as you're in, as where you're going? And you know, my, my business partner at the time, one of my best friends, Corey Robinson and I, we just, we, we had a dream, you know, it's like all the people that listen to your show, we all, we had a dream and we thought that we could do it no matter what anybody said. 
and we decided that we were going to open up a sports bar, a family-friendly sports bar, take over an existing breakfast concept, and build out this place where people from all over the county, all over San Diego, wanted to come and watch Fight Night or watch NFL Sunday or watch NBA Finals or watch the Padre game. Okay. We needed great food to do that. Was it was it hard in the early years when were, yeah. were a lot of these people right that it was, it was going to be hard to bring yeah. people in, in the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we we lost money the you know the first probably four five years in business. So, um, what was it that helped you get traction eventually? It 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 was literally every single day working on the business, on working on finding partners um, like. And industry experts, you know, relying on restaurantowner.com. That was one of the first subscriptions that we signed up for. And we leaned into the content that they were putting out there, which were stories of other restaurant owners that were successful. Yeah. How are, you know, you can have a successful restaurant, but is your business profitable? You know, one of their taglines is a great restaurant tour is always learning. That was something that hooked me from the beginning because that's what my grandfather taught me. Yeah, it's so true. I like to say we're, we're, you know, one of our core values that I just published and made official is we are students and you, you are never going to be a master, especially in today's age, because the world's changing so fast. You always have to be learning. It's so important. 100% get behind that incentive. Uh, Keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, leaning on experts, leaning on people much smarter than us led us to the point where we realized, you know, we needed a financial partner. We, we hired restaurant solutions um, out of Colorado because restaurant owner had put out so much content saying that a great restaurant always has a weekly profit and loss statement. Mm. We didn't have a weekly profit and loss statement. Shit. We barely had a, a monthly one. Yeah. But how are we going to get that? It led us down, you know, the Google search to figure out, well, what company's best asking people that we know that we're in the business and the company's out of Colorado, you know, you don't have to be in that same trade area in this world that we're living in. Um, You can create content that can make an impact. And that was why I'm so excited to be here on this call with you. I mean, any, everybody that's here on this call, anybody that's listening to this podcast, you can make the decision right now to start sharing what you know, and you can have a huge impact on somebody in your community and somebody on the other side of the world. And that's a very exciting thing. Yeah, it is. And we didn't get on the horn before this. And I didn't tell you that restaurant owner and I are like working together, right? That wasn't like prompted. No, but I did hear on your last <laughs> podcast, um, the deal that you worked out for yes. the, for the, the group, which is an incredible value. I mean, yeah. Six there isn't a podcast I go on where I don't talk about your podcast or restaurantowner.com or restaurant solutions. And, that, and that's you. the honest truth. Thank you so much. But real quick, uh, just in case you guys haven't heard the news yet, restaurant owner Jim Laub and I are, are great friends in, in, in an attempt to support what I'm trying to do. He's giving all Restaurant Unstoppable Network members six months access to restaurantowner.com. That's a value of $180. If you're just looking to get the archive, uh, he's also going to throw in three months Sorry, um, up to 30 employees and three uh, managers in their e-learning platform. So just a little plug uh, to those guys to announce the big news and to say thank you. Back to our conversation. Uh, take us to the point real quick where you really started to realize the significance, of, the significance of media, Sean, and how you pivoted and adapted over time. Well, I think probably I'll I'll take you to our five-year anniversary. 
So it was like five years of scraping, clawing, trying to do whatever we can to keep the doors open, to be a sports bar, to be in a difficult part of town, um, to pivot, to do barbecue, craft barbecue in San Diego. I mean, that's laughable to the re- like if you talk to heavyweights in barbecue, no matter where anyone is that's listening on this call, you don't think of San Diego for barbecue, certainly not for craft barbecue. You're thinking Kansas City, you're thinking Texas, you're thinking, you know, the Carolinas, everywhere but San Diego. So not only did we pick a difficult location, we picked a difficult craft, but five years in business, we had done something significant in Spring Valley and a part of San Diego. And I was just wondering why all the legacy media, meaning radio, print, and uh, local news, and as well as the online magazines, why nobody cared about what we were doing. I was like, why, why can't we get anybody to write a story, you know, just a blurb about, you know, hey, for five years, we've employed this many people. I started doing research on public relations and PR and different things. And what I realized was we're living in a day and age where I have to learn how to be my own PR professional. It's pay to play. So I have That's to learn. The, yeah. Which is, I don't know how I yeah. feel about that, but keep going. Yeah, no, but ultimately the best way to tell the story is to tell the story yourself. And what the smartphone has enabled us to do is exactly that. You know, the problem with digital media and social media marketing and all the the way that people feel about all the different platforms is it brings up so many different ideas of why I don't like something. I don't like Facebook because, or I hate Twitter because it's a, you know, this is a bad platform. Ultimately, all it is is a place where people are. And once you, once I was able to get over that, I mean, when we opened up the restaurant, I made fun of my best friend, Corey, who we opened up the restaurant with for being on Facebook. It's like, why are you on Facebook? Are you just trying to pick up chicks? Is he, is he making like, fun of you? I now? thought it was a joke. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a joke until I realized we couldn't pay payroll Yeah, and we need to start figuring out a way to get people in the door. And if there are people on Facebook and they're in the local community, why not post on there what our barbecue is or what our event is? And guess what? The more that we did that, the more that people started to oh. care. And then we've learned how to take a better picture with our, our iPhone, how to take a better video, how to do Twitter, how to do Instagram once Instagram came along, how to care about Yelp when we hated Yelp in the beginning. And we were upset that they were writing, you know, bad reviews. We were happy when they wrote good reviews, upset when they said something, you know, operationally that was true. It was very difficult to hear. But then once we started actually working on those things internally and going, hey, well, if this showed up in three reviews, maybe we have a problem. Yeah, it's like, true. It's not great only data. should we respond, but maybe we should actually fix or investigate what they're saying about our brisket. And maybe there is something wrong with our brisket, even though we think our brisket's phenomenal. So at what point did you start your podcast? Because you had originally the podcast Behind the Smoke. Um, That started around 2014, 2015? Uh, No, that wasn't until 2017. 2017, Uh, okay. Yeah, 2017 is when we launched the podcast. So at this point, you're you're not, even maybe not until 2017, you weren't, media as a business yet you were just using social media to market your 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 company right well we used media to promote our own events so we participated in events when people would say would you like to participate you know in the taste of san diego or the taste of spring valley yes we'll say yes you know local church we say yes um we would participate in barbecue events but we started way back we started organizing our own amateur barbecue contest in front of our restaurant and bringing other businesses actual other barbecue businesses and other barbecue amateur, amateur barbecue teams to uh, right in front of our restaurant so in order to sell that we had to get sponsorship 
Yeah. I had to also learn how to promote the event. So it was one thing to promote my business. It's another thing once you're promoting something bigger than your business. Okay. And that's really once we started realizing like, okay, now we're going to use the skills that we use to promote ourselves. And now we're going to start promoting something bigger. Okay. So first of all, I love that idea, by the way, of creating an event um, to bring people together to, to have your own barbecue event. Like if you have a niche or whatever you're doing, bring people together around whatever it is you're doing. If you're the, if you're, uh, if you're the person that triggers that by bringing those people together, you're going to be doing so much good for your, to build your network, to build your relationships, to just to, by bringing businesses together to share in something is so powerful. So in, in this moment, did you start thinking to yourself, okay, like the, we make money in, in, in creating these events and by creating these events, um, that's when we do our best cause we're getting the best exposure. We're bringing people in and now the, the, the next evolutionary thing in my mind is like we have to get good at creating awareness around these events and promoting these events with video and stuff like that. Is that kind of the catalyst? Is that like pretty much? Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of it had to do with the event was really not, it wasn't even a profit profit driven mechanism. It was an awareness and a charity driven so it was about giving back and it was about doing something bigger than ourselves, you know, and we always do charity events for local youth sports in our restaurant. And what we decided was like, this is a lot of work to do this as many times as we say yes, because it's very hard for us to say no. Can we do it once a year and start organizing all of our time and effort around other leaders in our community and ask them for help? Okay. So it was literally getting out of our own way and saying, we can't do it all by ourselves, but we want to do something great. And maybe there's other business owners that also want to do something great. Yeah, and I think that's Whether they're selling the exact same thing that we're selling. They're selling barbecue. You know, Derek Marceau owns Valley Farm Market, who's who I started behind the smoke with. I had to go to him and say, "Are you willing to sponsor these teams and provide them, you know, thousands of dollars of meat as our first sponsor?" And he said yes. Wow. Yeah, and I think that that is a perfect segue into the first bullet point. We're finally getting into the first bullet point you wanted to discuss uh, today, which is. Uh, stay curious, get involved and ask for help. So get into really start to unpackage why asking for help and getting involved is. And I think this is a perfect example because this is you getting involved with your community. This is you creating um, an event around your business and for your community. And you, you're being forced to ask for help to execute this thing. So really yeah. start to un- unpackage all that. Well, I mean, it, you know, it gets back to the basics of, you know, when, when you do something new, and different, it's uncomfortable and it, and it, and it's, it's actually scary, right? Like I didn't know how to put on an amateur barbecue event, but that's what the collective conscience, everybody that, you know, we had talked to that got excited. We tried to throw out a bunch of different ideas. The idea that people were most excited about was doing a backyard barbecue contest. Yeah. Okay, great. What do you do with that idea? From that idea, I went to Google and, you know, started figuring out, well, how, who's going to help me organize this and found Kansas City Barbecue Society, which is, you know, the NFL of professional sanctioning for um, barbecue events. And they have a local chapter and they had some people that lived here locally. And I reached out to three people. You know, one of those people called me back. And that was Gene Goykachea, who helped us put on that first amateur barbecue event, helped me. I mean, he spent hundreds, if not thousands of hours because we were doing it for charity, literally becoming my business mentor, teaching me, this is how you do it. Don't do this, you know, partner with these people, you know, when you're trying to build a sponsorship, do this, you know, if you want to do live events all the way down to all the little nitty gritty, uh, all the little minute details that you need to put on an event, 
even when we did that, I still had to ask for help from other people. You know, I had, I went to classes at University of San Diego to find out how to put on um, a professional event. I got an event certificate. Um, Nicole Matthews, who was one of my teachers there, now has become one of my closest friends. She helped me organize that first event because I was willing to ask for help from yeah. her. And, and I don't want to get ahead of you, but it feels like what the approach just by listening to what you're saying, it started at first as not a media company, but you, you realize that it's, you, it's really an event company, but the media company is an, an arm to spotlight and to capture and promote the event. Or maybe that's how it started. So the restaurant, the way we've always viewed our restaurant is we're an event company 365 days out of the year. Okay. Every single day we had an event at our restaurant. You have a birthday, you're having an event. Yep. You're having an anniversary, you're having an event. It's National Burger Day, we're having burgers. Like every single day. And being a sports bar made it even easier because we just went with the seasons. Yeah. So and and, and March I, Madness or whatever it was, yeah. there was always an event happening. Yeah. and But I feel like it's just like the media arm of that is now like you're focusing on and throwing a really great event and it's about the event, but the media aspect of it is what's the point of having this event if you're not showing people how great it is. And it was meant to kind of capture the, the, in the moment part of what's going on. You are very correct. And thank you for being my shrink and helping me work my way through the media, (laughs) media magic that we have, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's because of the event. The event doesn't mean anything if nobody's at the event. Yeah. So how do you magnify that? You magnify it through digital storytelling. Mm. The digital storytelling has never been easier because of the smartphone. So because of the smartphone, now we can share not only what's going to happen, but we can share photos and videos of the event that actually did happen to the people that weren't even at the event. Yeah. So that next year, there's never a time where we did an annual event where it was a one-time event. Yeah. So an I, annual event because we're going to do it next year. So when you see it on Facebook or you see it on Instagram or you saw the tweet or you read about it in our newsletter, you can think about, oh, well, hey, next year I, I saw this, you know, that's actually a picture for if you're publishing this on YouTube of us shutting down the street in front of our restaurant and putting 5,000 people out on the street and partnering with, you know, the local sheriff and the fire department and pulling permits and doing God knows how many things we had to do to put on an event where we're literally selling barbecue from other barbecue restaurants in front of our own barbecue restaurant. Dude, I love that. Um, okay. I think, I think now's a good time to think, to take our first break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to start unpackaging this. One of the biggest lessons I've learned hosting Restaurant Unstoppable is that it's impossible to be everything to everybody. You're better off being really good at what you already do well and partnering with those who compliment you. And I'll tell you right now, I am not the best resource out there for all things, PDFs, templates, checklists, you name it. But I do know who the best is, and that is restaurantowner.com because they're constantly being recommended organically on the show. So instead of trying to compete with restaurantowner.com, I've decided to partner with restaurantowner.com. Right now, when you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months access, free access to restaurantowner.com. And that includes their entire content library of PDFs, spreadsheets, checklists, templates, webinars, articles, the list goes on, and you also get access to Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine, the digital copy. In addition, you get access to their e-training platform, which allows you, plus three of your managers and 30 of your employees to get access to it. Uh, It's 
it's incredible what they're doing. It's incredible that they're offering us this deal and you're a knucklehead if you don't take advantage of it. So right now, go to the show notes of this episode and join the network. You'll find a link to join for 30 days free on us and you'll get that six months free to restaurantowner.com. We're back. And I know the focus of today's conversation is to think of your company as a media company first and a restaurant second. But I feel like you must have some nuggets you got to drop on us about what to consider when hosting an event, specifically things to consider uh, when hosting an event. If you're planning on surrounding it with a bunch of media, like mm-hmm. what things do did you have to figure out the hard way that you wish you figured out sooner? I, th- I think it's always going to come back to either is asking for help. I mean, honestly, you, you, you have no idea how many people want to help you until you're willing to ask the universe, ask somebody for help. And sometimes asking for help can even be in, in media. I mean, the best hosts on radio, the best TV anchors, the best podcasters know how to ask their audience for the things that they need the things that you need and you would be surprised what happens in your DMS and what happens in your inbox and what happens when someone texts you, Hey, I heard about this. This is, this is thought leadership and this is how it carries digitally. I'm willing to help. That's how we got involved as a restaurant so many times and developed so many opportunities with sports uh, teams here in San Diego, whether it was the San Diego chargers or our minor league hockey team or uh, the lacrosse team or San Diego state so many times when a radio radio host was trying to do something and then they would say something, I was listening, I would respond with a tweet. Hey, we can do that. We have barbecue. We can provide barbecue. Like nobody's going to say no to somebody offering goods or services. So yeah. a lot of what we do is trade. I mean, we're not cash out of pocket. We're not out there paying for paid media sponsorships. We're out there giving all of our heart and all of our service and all of our hospitality. And then when you do that and you continue to do that, people start to think about, Hey, I'd want to invite this person. Yeah. When we go to, when we would go to the news to promote the upcoming charity event that we were doing, we didn't go and just bring barbecue for the segment. We brought barbecue to feed the entire station. How many people are going to be working at 8am when we do the nose segment? How many people that do are camera guys? How many people that are engineers? How many people that are salespeople? Um, it's not just the anchors. How many people are, how many reporters are coming back? We wanted to feed as many people as possible because that was our one shot. That was our Super Bowl. And because we treated every news station like that, right before this call, Heather Myers from channel from CBS eight, she reached out to me to fill one of her segments because we've become top of mind. Yeah. And I was literally just going to say that like really at the end of the day, I feel like when it comes to a lot of these media companies and PR in general, the whole reason why the publicist role exists is because there was somebody who had good relationships with media and they were just the middleman and the media comes here like, like this is easier going through you because you know who everybody is. So just making yourself familiar, you know, and once you establish those relationships with these media arms, they're going to want the path of least resistance. They're going to go back to what they know is already good. They're going to go back to their network. So I think yep. it's just a matter of initiating that, that, that relationship and staying top of mind. Like you're saying, it's very powerful. Um, well, that, that's, that's the beauty of what we're talking about. When you start creating content and you have people in media that follow you, that you know, 
all of a sudden you're ending up in their feed Yeah. when they're thinking about a story, when they're thinking about a charity event, when they're thinking about food or they're thinking about drinks or they're thinking about hospitality, you become top of mind because literally you're in their feed. They yeah. care about who you are. And like, that's one of the things about Twitter, which I know so many restaurant owners aren't on Twitter, but I went to a podcast conference when I started podcasting and I didn't know the first thing about how to produce a show, how to promote a show, how to distribute a show. We went to the podcast movement conference in Anaheim and one of the women they had speak there. Um, she has a quarter of a million followers on Twitter and she goes, how many people are on Twitter? Maybe 5% of the room raised their hand. I thankfully I was one of them. She was like, well, why are you on Twitter? I'm like, I've developed relationships with local radio hosts because of Twitter. And she goes, exactly. All the media verified media are on Twitter. So if you want to have opportunities for your restaurant, you need to be on Twitter. Yeah. where all the reporters are, where all of the anchors are, where all of the producers are, where people looking for content are because that's where they're tweeting. So Mike actually has a really great question. He, he typed into the chat. Do you believe every company should be on every social media platform, AKA Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and et cetera? Eventually. Yes, but you have to start somewhere. So the problem that, the problem that most people have is that you see the whale and you don't know how to eat the whale. And how do you eat the whale? You eat it one bite at a time. So the problem is, is there's so much fear and anxiety about, well, he, this guy said I need to be on LinkedIn and I need to be on Twitter and I need to be on Nextdoor and I need to be on Google and I need to be on Yelp. Like I can't, I can't even, you know, I have to run my restaurant. Yes, I agree with that. So that's why we break down the internet to what is the basics of the internet. And the basics of the internet is video, audio, images and written word. So when you take an original piece of content and I'm talking about a 60 second video of you as the restaurant owner talking about what you care about that day, what's top of mind, what's top of mind with your community, what's top of mind with coronavirus, the the things that you're doing for third party delivery. If you take one minute of video, that one minute you can publish on Twitter, you can publish on LinkedIn, you can publish on Facebook. Like we overcomplicate when we start to think about the abundance of apps, because there's so many out there, but we all have to start number one with our own smartphone and the only app that matters, which is that camera app. The camera app is going to take camera. It's going to take photos, but it's going to take video and video is, is an image. It can be a still image. It can be a video and it's audio. Yeah. So I, I guess this is and for the record, let the record see your state that I will never say social media won't help your business because there's evidence that proves it does where my concerns are is the greater issue with society with, if we're all saying we need to spend more time in our phones to promote ourselves, that's the time away from the person that's literally right next to me. You know what I'm saying? Or the, I mean, it, cause it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to be plugged in always to do, to do social, to do media, right. To do social media, right. It's a time suck. It's a huge time suck. And the other variable is I don't think that everybody's really meant or cut out for it because some people just don't have that artistic or that we're not all cut from the same cloth. So I guess what I wonder is where we're learning some stuff from you today. It's going to be great stuff. Why not apply this stuff? Why not have somebody on your team who is naturally inclined to doing this stuff? I think we're too 
we're too slow to give up control of social media. Um, Correct. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't believe I don't know. I don't know if I agree that everybody has to do it, but I do think you should have one person that is a badass at it who represents you. I guess that's my approach. What we break it down to four P's, which is plan, produce, publish and promote. So ultimately as a restaurant owner, the toughest thing is that those are three different, four different personality types. Yeah. Planning is a lot different than producing. Mm -hmm. Producing is a lot different than publishing. Publishing is a lot different than promoting. And when you talk about social media, really most of it lands on the promoting side. And that's a problem that most people have is they don't want to promote themselves um, because it's very difficult to do. That's me. Very difficult to get, yes, it's very difficult to get it. up. Early. Yes, <laughs> yes. If you if you had if you had employees like I did relying on you to keep the doors open and a community and all your investment, I had to get over my own self and say, "Listen, if I have to promote myself to keep the restaurant open, then I'm going to do that." Yeah, maybe and that's I just when I made my switch. Yeah, I made my switch and I said, "I don't care." what my friends think of me. If I'm posting on Facebook, if they unfollow me or they don't want to talk to me at some Thanksgiving, I don't give a shit. I need to keep this restaurant open because I've vested all my time and effort into this thing. Yeah. And I think like those are the four different personality types though. I'm not strong at all of those, but unfortunately I had to do those until I got to where I am now where I have a team. Yeah. So I have a team now, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have to learn how to do all of those things in the beginning, yeah. which we still should do. And I have to learn how to do every single day because everything evolves. Yeah. Um, do you ever create systems or processes uh, to remove yes. yourself from yes. the media? Like you have media processes and systems. I, I don't think most restaurants go that far. I know most restaurants don't go that far. So Stover, Stover is my producer. He started a best barbecue podcast the same year that we started behind the smoke. Um, he's in Portland, but he's essentially the the man behind the man for our media side of our business. I have Ian, who's out of Austin. He does the blog, which I'll do a podcast. It'll get transcribed in Trent, and then we'll produce an article from that. I didn't have that team when we first started, but I also couldn't have built the podcast if I had to do it myself. Yeah. So, so like, I mean- what I had learned as a restaurant owner is like, I'm not going to smoke the ribs. I had to find Gene, who was the expert. Gene was the expert, but in order to get him as the technician, I needed Eric, my manager, to help figure out what are Gene's recipes so that we can actually produce consistent barbecue because I wasn't going to be the one to produce the barbecue. Otherwise, we would have never gotten to the Cali barbecue media. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to unpackage these four P's a little bit more, but first, um, I don't know if we... I know you want to make it a point to talk about the difference between digital media or digital marketing versus social media. Did I say right? Digital marketing versus digital media. What are yeah. the differences? Do we, do we specify that? No, we didn't, but we'll break it down real easily. And digital yeah. marketing, you have to learn how to do digital marketing first. And digital marketing is literally taking the smartphone and learning how to talk into it. Like you need to learn how to talk about who you are and what you care about whether you're the owner, whether you're the founder, whether you're the grandson, whether you're the brother, whatever it is, you have to be willing to do that. And you have to be willing to do it and post it, even though nobody might like it. Like that's the reality. That's like when I I put up something out on LinkedIn, like there's a chance that nobody's going to like it and no one's going to care. And I'm not going to delete it. I'm going to leave it there. And I'm going to go back the next day and I'm going to make a different video. So that's digital marketing. That's digital marketing. Once you learn how to do that, you now have the skill set to start telling the stories around you. As restaurant owners, we, we know everything. We're, we're the heart of the village. 
people come into our restaurant, our bar, and they tell us all the things that are happening. That's, that's what makes hospitality. Mm. Once you learn about the things that are happening, you can help other businesses, other charities, other schools, other fire departments, other police stations get out their message because you've learned how to do it yourself. That's what digital media is. Got you. Okay. Thank you for clarifying those two separate divisions or arms. Um, one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We're back and let's break down these, these four P's. And like I mentioned earlier and I asked you, you said, do you, do you have systems around your media? Um, does it make sense to, to break those systems down, approach those with each of the four P's or can you do that? I know we're kind of just shooting from the hip here. Um, I guess let, let me leave by asking like, what are the systems that you have around your media to make sure it happens consistently, consistently? So the, the way that we became a media company is by having a North star, by having a piece, one piece of content that became the most important piece of content that we put out every single week. And that's what I would recommend to any restaurant owner. Okay. What is that for you? That one piece of content was our podcast to begin with. And that was audio content. So that was an interview and every restaurant owner doesn't need that, but you need to commit to one piece of content, no matter what that comes from you. So whether that's a five minute video or a one minute video, if you're not doing any of this, start with this. So every Monday, Whatever time I'm go at 9 a.m., I'm going to release a five minute video about what's happened in our restaurant and what's happening in our community and how we feel about it. Yeah. And I'm going to publish that on Facebook. I'm going to publish it on Instagram. I'm going to publish it wherever, wherever you're currently publishing, do that and commit to that. And what no about consistency what. as far as time and day? There's the most important thing is to commit to a long term that no matter what, you're going to do that. Okay. Um, no matter what, no matter what, you're going to do that, and you're going to find different ways every single day to convey that story and how to distribute it better. Yeah. Because there's so many hacks out there about the algorithm and the times to post and the hashtags you need to put. That doesn't matter. What matters is right now you have an existing base on Facebook, you have an existing base on LinkedIn, you have an existing base on Instagram. Whatever your wherever your playground, whatever your digital playground is, commit to no matter what. I'm going to do it once a week. And if you're already doing it once a week, do it once a day. Yeah. And I have once some, ad- I have some advice here for people who are like, I don't want to, co- how do I come up every week with a new creative piece of media? I don't have the energy to be that creative. If that's what you're thinking, I know personally what works for in the, the media production world is having a template and just showing your work 
you know, and literally just talking about what it is that you're doing and just like literally reflecting on the next seven days. Like here's what's coming, but having a template so you don't have to recreate the wheel every time. And then you just fill the template with what's new this week um, or have, or finding some way to have a template. For example, with restaurant unstoppable, when I have my restaurant tour on the show, it's always, how'd you get into the industry and how'd you get to where you are today? So I'm not writing a new show every time, but your story is going to be unique every time. So be be creative and try to find something that you can create a template so you can just fill the template with new. And they say all the time, show your work, talk about what you're doing. Don't overthink it. Just start. Do you want to reflect on that, Sean? No, it's phenomenal advice. And that's one of the most you know important things that people can understand is that a lot of it is documenting. So when you think of content creation, you, you're not coming up with a new Super Bowl, 30 second Super Bowl ad of something that's compelling content. What you're going to do is you're going to share the things that you normally don't share, but you care enough to make it a meeting. If it's a weekly meeting and it's so important to you that your managers are doing something, then why not just talk about, why not just film that meeting? Like, why is that important to you? Yeah. If that's important to you, have you ever shared it with anyone else outside of the four walls of your restaurant? Like, you know, if your managers aren't telling it to your employees, well, here's the perfect opportunity from the owner himself to share, Hey, this is what we're telling the managers. This is what our staff should be knowing. This is what our vendors should know. You'd be surprised at how many people you will be shocked. Once you put out that content of how many people will go, Oh, like that's my beer vendor. And they saw the video or that person sells me bread and they just saw the video. And now they shared the video with somebody else. Like that is the world that we live in. How, well, what happened Eric earlier last week, James Langley, Jimmy Langley, Oh, the he put, a, he put out a video on Instagram, nine minutes. He's talking literally to the camera, talking about the oh, shutdown in California <laughs> and how it's affected his yeah. business. I mean, it's all really he strong points all over Instagram, yeah. all the way to Eric. Yeah. In the video, he goes, I want to shout out Sean Walchef for inspiring me to start talking to the camera. And it, like, but that's what it is. Yeah. Like, People need to hear from you. If you guys are on this call, like Mike, Cora, Greg, Brent, like they need to hear from you. You're the answer. The answer is right in your pocket. Yeah. The smartphone is right there. It's terrifying. Trust me. Yeah. It is terrifying. It's terrifying for me. Not for long. I just did a (laughs) podcast with Sam, the cooking guy. I've been podcasting for three years. The whole time I'm mumbling over myself saying, yes, I have all these ticks and I need to get over myself and just need to continue to produce the content. But honestly, I like I still get anxiety for all my interviews. And I think that's a good sign that because it, it shows you still give a fuck. It shows yeah. that you're you, you care. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's it's a good thing to have. Um, so I don't think we've really pulled back the layers in all these four stages of creating content, the plan, the, the produce, the publish and the promote. So when it comes to the planning, um, what is your approach? Are you, are you blocking time? Are you putting things on the, the calendar? Is there a system to, to how you, to how you tackle your planning? The problem with planning is planning often pre- prevents everything else from happening. Planning is probably my, one of my biggest weaknesses and one of the best strengths of Stover, who was a, a publisher and an editor for a newspaper. His background is journalism. So him coming up with a plan helps me come up with a plan. But my plan is every single day that we're producing content and sharing content. And we need to make it so good that they can't ignore us. Yeah. Okay. So good they can't ignore us. Cal Newport wrote a book. It's one of my favorite books based off a Steve Martin quote, which is why he became such a good comedian. 
And that's what they asked him. They asked him, how, why are you such a good comedian? He's like, I became so good. They couldn't ignore me. And the only way to do that, like there is no magic. Everyone wants to make a video and then have it go viral and get millions of views. What does that do? It doesn't do anything. Yep. But are you the only, the only, the only thing that can happen is learning or accepting. Now I'm going to make a commitment to every single day, being a little bit better at using my smartphone to capture the stories that are happening right here in my restaurant. I love that. Talking directly to my community, talking directly to my family, talking directly, directly to the people that I appreciate, that I thank, that I, that I want to make an impact. I love this, man. I really do. Um, So are you actually like blocking time to create content? Is that something that you do? Well, that's where it comes back to that North star. Yeah. So by having a North star of weekly content, no matter what, there's five minutes with the owner which is my, what, what we established was our podcast, no matter what 52 days, uh, 52 days in the, during the uh, year, we're going to have a weekly podcast. So no matter what, we're going to have a, a podcast come out. It's the yeah. same way that you put out your show. Just block the no time and make what, it happen. That is, that is the plan. Yeah. So the plan okay. is that no matter what, that will always happen. Moving on to producing the content. What do we need to keep in mind for that P? That's the, the producing is the easiest thing. The answer is right in your, right in your hand. Just You're listening it. to it. It's right next to you. It's the smartphone. It's the Android. It's the iPhone. It's literally getting over our own fear of what do we sound like? What do we look like? Like you care enough to have invested all the time, all the money, all the effort into building this business, starting this business, launching this business, fighting like hell to keep the doors open when everyone told you that you couldn't do it or that it wasn't going to work, changing, pivoting, doing all the things that we have to do to take care of people. Yeah. Like we work our ass off. That is hospitality. But but now it's time to share that hospitality story with people. Is is it as simple as just your phone? Because I know and then you've scaled. I mean, you can start with just your phone, but what if if that's not good enough for us? We want a little bit, something extra audio quality, things like that. Any recommendations? Well, the recommendations is, yeah, we have the greatest tool on earth and that's Google, (laughs) Google, (laughs) Amazon, like literally like we're building on the backs of giants. And I think that's, you know, it, it gets overlooked so much. There's so many incredible companies that have been built in the last 20 years. And literally we're just using their platforms. Yeah. We're using platforms to find tools, to find mentors, to find people that have done it before, to find other restaurant owners, to find other business owners, to start asking them for help, asking them if they want to come and talk, you know, once a week about whatever's happening in the community. I mean, there's so many different until once you start doing it, you realize all the different opportunities you have to create other content that's helpful to your business or to your community. Okay. Um Anything you want to unpackage further in regard to publishing content, best practices and promotion? So one thing I do, so producing, that's another thing is we're living in one of the greatest times where so many creative people are available to help and they don't even have to be in your local area to help you create. So there can be people that are incredible editors, incredible graphic designers, incredible writers, incredible producers. I mean, we're producing a show out of three, out of three different states. You know, I'm in San Diego. My producer's in Oregon and my writer's in Austin. So, the, so I guess what you're saying is we're staying on the, the, produce, the, 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 the production P for a little bit longer and that don't let geograph or your geographic limitations Correct. be limitations. Because, and it's true, like you can, 
just because you don't need your editor to be right next to you to get them the files. Honestly speaking, airdropping is friggin' awesome. I love it, but you don't need to be able to, you don't have to airdrop. You can create a Google uh, drive account where you just upload all of your media to a folder and you train somebody to go pull the assets from that folder, edit, whatever, upload to your media host. Um, you know what I'm saying? Well, that not only that, but people, there's so many creatives that need an opportunity to tell a story and you already have a story. You already started the restaurant. Yeah. You've already done so much of what they haven't done and they'd be willing to give, give you work for free. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like want, you're, they want to build their resume. Yeah. I kind of feel like you're reinforcing the point that I was making earlier where like you, not everybody has to be a media all-star because there's plenty of people Correct. out there. And I think that this is going to become a really important arm to our industry, the media side, like media people. There's a, so much opportunity in the world of media because of what you're sharing with us today that, and they're out there. Like you're saying, like you, you just need to find out who those people are and ask for help. Uh, I see your hand up, Greg, I'm coming to you. I'm going to unmute your mic. All right. So this may be kind of a, a cross between plan and produce for, or produce, I guess produce, kind of all of them. Uh, obviously there's a lot of different platforms that we're using a lot of different places to put this media, you know, how are you deciding how unique to be with the content you're putting on the different platforms and how much you're kind of cross publishing between those platforms? So, I mean, the most important thing is that you create content for your website first. And I think that's something that's so overlooked with social media for somebody that loves social media as much as I do. If we ignore our website, which is our main it is our only source of income right now because we're not open for indoor dining. It's literally there. You're either ordering pickup or you're ordering through third party delivery. I mean, we've become an e-commerce company, but by publishing, by focusing on that content, which lives in podcast form, video form and blog form on our, on our website. That way we know that, I mean, I can only imagine with my unscientific research of how many people are posting multiple times a day, multiple times a week on Instagram, yet they haven't updated their own website of their restaurant with the same sexy photos they're putting on Instagram. Yet they're going to their website to buy things. And if those photos were sexier, they would upsell them or they'd sell more. Like, believe me, I love Instagram. Instagram's phenomenal. But like, we need to have those sexy photos on our mobile first website so that when people are actually buying something, um, we have a better, a better, a better chance of selling something. Awesome. Does that help? You don't have a follow-up, Greg, you feel free to come back at it with a follow-up if you have it. No, I, I mean, I think that's, you know, a great point. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that, um, I think I just made some updates to my website for the first time in far too long. And I mean, we're constantly posting on Instagram and Facebook and, None of it's going on. I got the little Instagram feed going on the website, but aside from that, I mean, that's a great point that, I mean, a lot of people are getting to our website through, you know, Google, Yelp, everywhere else. They're clicking through to the website and, you know, there should definitely be more, more content there for sure. Are you posting on Google, the content that you're posting on Instagram? Are you posting on Google? No, I do very, very poorly with, with managing the, the Google My Business account. I know that's a, a place that a lot of people miss and that I'm definitely one of those people. So I, I would there there's different tools. It's like if this, then that. I don't know if they do that, if if that works for that, but there's certain tools that'll help you publish on multiple places. And I'm gonna look more into it, Eric. And if I find out that if this then that does work, I'll let everyone know because I 
just by having this call made me think about it. But that Google and uh, Yelp are what I call S are what I call business social media, where it's actually going to drive business to your restaurant. Those people will actually be in your search area. So as much as I love Instagram and Facebook, I mean, we have Facebook fans that are all over the globe. You know, those people aren't buying ribs because I don't know how to ship them there yet. I'm working on that. But, Gold belly. You know, <laughs> I'm working on on pork belly or on barbecue sauce. That, that's that's another another side business. But yeah, yeah, no, I would highly suggest whatever you're posting on Instagram, post it on uh, on Google My Business. Yeah, and, and then, and, then it's, and look at the analytics because once you start looking at the analytics of Google My Business or Yelp Connect, which is something that we use as well, I. I'm telling myself every day that I need to take my own advice and start publishing more on those platforms because we're actually going to be driving more sales there than yep. on other ones. Yep. Moving on. Actually, I thought that just popped into my head. If you're interested, if you look into if this, then that, and it doesn't work also check out Zapier, they might have oh, a yeah. solution. That's another Zapier is a good yeah. one too. So, okay. Um, anything that you want to dive deeper into in regard to publishing content and promoting content before we wrap up today's conversation? Publishing, yeah, publishing publishing is difficult, but I think one of the things that can help is organizing the content um, that you take personally. So what I've found is that because I'm doing most of the publishing outside of Stover producing the podcast and publishing the blog, like as far as like the actual on digital, I'm doing a better job of organizing photos and videos that I take into folders into my actual phone which makes it easier for me to publish content depending on the platform. So every platform is different, but like we said, if we can stick to a 60 second video, a 60 second video can be published on just about every platform that you should be on and you should be publishing on. Gotcha. Um, so when you say publish, what exactly are you, what, what do you mean by publishing? Like what, what goes in like actually hitting publish on all the platforms yeah, so actually getting curating curating the content that we've talked about. So you've produced this content. Now you have it in video form, audio form, written form, and images. Each platform is different. So publishing on Instagram is different than publishing on LinkedIn. So you need to take the copy and figure out what copy is going to work better on LinkedIn that is going to work on Instagram, that's going to work on Twitter, because the amount of characters that you can use in a tweet or whether you're going to use video or whether you're going to use images that's the publishing part. Once it's actually on the internet, then it becomes searchable. Okay. Then it goes into somebody's feed. That's what I mean by publishing. Got you. And really break down like what, so is there a best practice? And I think you started to get into it with, you have a folder using a, a, a system of folders on your phone. Yep. Anything that we need to know about that or any little details that we can pick up on to like really get organized. I mean, I would highly suggest organizing your apps on your phone. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, teaching somebody how to organize, it depends on your level of OCD. Um, you know, if you look at my desk, my desk is as not as organized as my phone. Um, I care a lot about notifications. So I go into each app, depending on which app it is on which notifications I want to receive, or I don't want to receive. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram enough that I don't need to have notifications on for every time someone likes a post or comments on a post. Like I'll see it when I go inside the app. So I don't want to see it on the actual screen, but on my actual iPhone, I'll put all of my social media publishing apps all in one spot on the home screen. So I know 
Like when I'm talking digital playground and I'm thinking of like, what content do I need to post? I see those, those exact apps that I want to use. And then I go into there and then I can figure out the content that I want to put on them. All right. If that's helpful. Gotcha. And um, when it comes to promoting really, is there anything like specifically that most of people just don't take into consideration? So I'm going to go back to the quote that I gave on your, the first, my first appearance on restaurant unstoppable. And that's if I can't tag you, I can't pimp you. That means that whoever you're posting content about, when I go back to my taste of San Diego example, let's say there's 30 restaurants in San Diego and we're one of those 30 restaurants instead of just focusing on, Hey, we're going to be having barbecue at the taste of San Diego. What we did is we would find out who else as part of those 30 vendors is on social media, who else has an Instagram handle or a Facebook handle, who else can we tag and we can promote, we can learn more about who they are, who can we go interact with when we're at the event. Now you're creating a true social network. Now you're creating content that not just I care about and my customers care about, but now the other restaurant cares about it. Yeah. And in in my opinion, this is the hardest part or the most time consuming part and you know, because you're all, you're producing content for so many different restaurant owners. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Some of these people I'm talking to have like ten restaurants, and you're trying to figure out which handle belongs to which restaurant. Forty minutes later, you're done with your post. Yes, because you found correct. everybody. <laughs> and, and some of the handles that work on Instagram don't work on Facebook, and they're different on LinkedIn. Exactly. Yes, it is very difficult. This to me is like the biggest nail pulling, like pain in the ass thing of why I just choose to delegate it. It is um, one of the hardest parts about promotion, but the people that do the promotion correctly, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why newspapers work by, you know, TV shows work. People care about their story. And if you tag them in their story, like people want to know, Hey, you know, I talked about you on the podcast. Wait, what, what podcast you spent five minutes talking about my restaurant technology on the podcast. Tag like, me? Oh, I definitely want to hear that. Yeah, No, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things we do on the show is we, we make a note as we're interviewing. So Jared's on the road with me. He's sitting there right next to me. He's focusing on the name drops. I'm like, just focus on all the name drops. So yep. you don't have to go back and just make a list. And then while I'm interviewing, try to find those handles. So when we have, when it's time to publish this, we, we just have that ready to rock and roll. Um, what about hashtags when it comes to promotion? Uh, are there any tricks of the trade of trying to figure out like what hashtags are trending? Can you piggyback on hashtags to get more exposure? Any practices you can share with us? To be honest with you, the the most valuable thing I've seen recently about hashtags would be on TikTok, and that's the trending. So finding out a video that's trending on TikTok, going inside of TikTok and finding out what's trending and then creating a content that's part of those trending hashtags, that would probably be the most important thing about hashtags. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're talking about, you know, LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, I mean, yes, putting a hashtag about what the content is about. It's the same way on the internet when you're publishing a blog post or a podcast. What is the podcast about? If you put a keyword in it, you know, this is the keyword so that when someone's searching for content about digital media, hopefully this will come up in a search result. It's the same thing in a hashtag, but you know, everything I do is based off of behavior, my own behavior specifically. So, you know, I don't spend much time on Instagram searching other hashtags. Okay. You know, I can go and search for a rest hashtag restaurant and there's, you know, billions of posts about restaurant, 
but that doesn't do me really any good. Gotcha. All right. I think we can wrap up the four P's and um, I'm, I'm just super curious about, I think we talked a little bit about Googling already. Did, is there yep. anything that we didn't, um, we, we covered that, right? Googling. Well, the last bullet I have though, I want to make sure we covered in our preparation for today's well, my, chat. My, my suggestion would be set up a Google alert for yourself, your own name. So if you go, if you Google Google alert, It'll allow you to set up whatever alert you want. So I would set up one for your own name, your own restaurant, or if you're in Maryland and you sell crab cakes, Maryland crab cakes, anytime content about Maryland crab cakes is written on the internet, you're going to get a once a day, something from Google that will show you all these digital pieces of content are being created about Maryland crab cakes. My suggestion was the more that you see that, the more you realize that that could be you. Gotcha, that could yeah. be your content coming up in audio form, video form, written form, image form. And the more that you focus on that, um, the more opportunities you'll find. Got you. So the last thing I want to discuss before I let you go, and this has been a very valuable conversation. Thank you, Sean. Um, your new approach, because you're, you're leaving behind, not necessarily leaving behind, but your, your, your approach into the future is leaving behind the brick and mortar aspect um, of your restaurant to focus more on ghost kitchens and virtual virtually serving your, your guests with uh, delivery and pickup. Correct. So we're not abandoning brick and mortar because brick and mortar is the essence of hospitality. Um, brick and mortar makes us different than a food truck. So there was a huge trend to open up food trucks because the cost to entry was low. Um, the reason for that we believe that food trucks didn't work out because it's a vending business model. So it's based off of a one-time transaction or we're going to be in a certain location. We all know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, the only reason that we're open as a restaurant is because of regulars. If we don't take care of regulars, if we don't take care of repeat guests, there is no business. So whether that's in-person dining or that's a virtual dining experience, we're only going to order things that we care about or that the experience was memorable. So we are going to open up more ghost kitchen locations, which are going to be smaller footprint, lower cost to entry. And it's going to help us literally open up in locations that we're not going to have to pay high real estate prices, um, probably where other virtual restaurants will be as well. But we're also going to be focusing on doing exactly everything that we talked about on this call. We know that our competitive advantage is that we don't have this huge corp, you know, corporate structure, regional structure of people that we need approval to post what we want to post. We can be raw. We can show, we can show vulnerability. We don't have to you know, worry that somebody from marketing or someone from legal is going to come and tell us, hey, you shouldn't post that. Be you. I mean, be you and be who you are. And people are going to buy that. I mean, I buy it. I buy it all the time. Every time I see a low, small business owner that goes on local media or that's on social media, we'll go there because we want to support them. Mm. They're out there pouring their blood, sweat, and tears, and they're putting it out there for everyone to see. You definitely want to support that. And then if you do that, you just become part of people's business. You know, you become part of their routine. And whether they're coming in to dine, which they won't at these ghost kitchen locations, but if they're thinking about barbecue and they've heard our story and they know who we are and then they go on social and they see, you know, maybe the ribs weren't smoked downtown San Diego where they're actually going to be delivered from, but they'll see that they were smoked in Spring Valley that yeah. day, fresh. So I guess what I want to know is, is your approach to digital media going to change with a greater presence in digital uh, ghosts, like you're in with a, I don't, I don't, 
your physical work is going to be is going to have a more digital presence, right? Because you're moving to Ghost Kitchen. So, is your yeah. approach to promoting that going to change? No, it's going to be better. I mean, everything's going to be exponential. It's actually more exciting because of the search engine optimization. So, by opening up another micro location, then we get another footprint on DoorDash. We get another footprint on Google on Google My Business. We get another footprint on Yelp. You know, these are all places where people are different apps on the phone that people are searching for barbecue or searching for, you know, whatever you're selling. If you're not there and you're not showing up, they're going to spend money somewhere else. Gotcha. Anything we have not unpackaged so far that you were hoping we would discuss? Uh... No, how uh, I'm, I'm actually grateful that you keep pushing the envelope, Eric. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think people know you were on my podcast, but it only 1% of podcasters actually make a living doing what they're doing. And I know Eric's not driving around in Lamborghinis and having, uh, you know, mansions. He's, he's, he's truly giving back to the industry and he does everything transparently, uh, building relationships with people like restaurant owner and toast, Um, You know, we have to all, this is a a rising tide lifts all ships and there's never been a time that's not just national, but this is a global, Yeah, this is a global thing that's happening. And I truly believe that everyone on this call, everyone that's listening to this call, you have hospitality. I mean, you know what it's like to take care of people and you have something that's such a gift and you just need, you you just need to get over yourself and start sharing, Yeah, start sharing because it's going to help your business, but it's also going to help somebody that you don't even know you haven't even met yet. And now, I mean, Eric, Eric's my boy. And yeah, man. He, he, whatever he needs in San Diego, he didn't have. He can be anywhere. He can ask me for anything. Anybody on this call, you heard me. We, we're we're friends. We're friends for life. Absolutely. And Sean is in the network now too, hanging out. He's got his own profile created. He's hanging out there if you want to connect with Sean. Uh, but on, in full transparency, and I see your hand up, Brandon. I, I will come to you. Uh, but you did inspire me, honestly. Uh, one of so for the longest time with the podcast, my whole thing was I am serving as a filter to protect my audience from a bunch of people trying to sell and blah, 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 blah. And honestly, for the longest time, um, I put myself on an Island because of that, because I wasn't asking for help. I wasn't reaching out to my network because I didn't want to owe anybody any favors because my obligation was to my listeners. And I'm telling you, that's a very lonely world. It's a very lonely island to be on. Uh, but in 750 episodes, I've realized now I have confidence in the fact that there are people out there who have earned my trust through referrals organically on the show, through being there to support the mission of Restaurant Unstoppable. And, and I do feel much more confidently now reaching out to my network and saying, hey, I need help. I need help serving this industry. And knowing that I have this platform that I can leverage to get people in the industry help and access to my network, um, I'm just now starting to leverage my network and start just now starting to leverage my relationships because I'm sick of this fucking island that I put myself on. And I want to invite people to come hang out on my island. And that's exactly what's happening. But there's so much power to that because just in the past couple of months of asking for help, and this is where I'm going with this, of asking for help, it's so powerful and you can achieve so much more together. Um, there's so much truth to that. So thank you for inspiring me to do that. And um, Brandon, I'm going to come to you now. I'm going to lower your hand and unmute your mic. Go for it. So Sean, uh, any burnout, bro, like burnout, burnout, like, like posting content, responding back to people because people really love that when they hit you up, you hit them back, you know, give that personal touch. Do you ever get burnout, man, or ever have in the past? No, I think, you know, 
boundaries are important. I mean, I have a, a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter and learning to put my phone away when I go home um, is very difficult, especially for me and how I'm wired. I mean, I, I, I live and breathe and eat digital hospitality every single day. Um, so, you know, making sure that if I see a text, I respond to the text. If I see a DM, I respond to the DM, you know, coming up with systems on how to do it. Um, but I, I know, I know from, you know, 2008 till now that this is the way the world is. And the more that I learn and be vulnerable and try test and fail, the more that I'm going to be put in situations where someone as respectable as Eric is going to ask me to come and share what I've learned. And that, I mean, that, that means the world to me, you know, to be able to be in a position now where, you know, Barry Schuster, who writes restaurant startup and growth magazine, you know, he's the editor for the magazine, which is complimentary to your restaurant, um, owner.com membership, you know, he's asking, he's writing stories about digital hospitality and sharing our stories. It, I know that I know that it works and I know that it's going to be what is going to make restaurants succeed into the future. So it, it's tough for me to burn out, I guess, is, is, is the, is the answer, but you know, that I do have to figure out, you know, my own boundaries. Um, and that's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. You know, finding balance is always a tough thing to do, but my intentions are, are to always learn, always learn and always do. Um, and try to do a little bit better every day. Yeah. And just to compound off that, what I've learned as being not as, as a restaurant owner, obviously, but as a content producer and as a media producer is trying to figure out ways to to stack in and to live intentionally so that you don't have to create, you're just doing what you do and, and showing your work. Like for example, whenever I do an interview, I'm literally doing the work and capturing it as like in, in real time, you know, like, so in like creating like, like for example, the, the, the similar formats like Sean's doing right now, like he's in a moment, he's creating work. Like he's, he's capturing what's happening right now. So just like overlapping in and not having to break outside of your comfort zone constantly to create work, just to show your work and, and, and figure out ways to vertically integrate the content that you're creating. Um, so for example, like this is a live workshop. It's also being published to the podcast. So just being sm- smart about how you create things, it helps with burnout. I it's helped me. Yeah. I, you know, the, that's the, the difficult thing about digital media and content create, like we all want it to be the sexiest, you know, video on YouTube. Right. But that's why I try to focus on talking about just the smartphone, the Android or your iPhone. Just be raw. Like the more raw that you can be and the more that you make that a habit of getting, being able to hear yourself, being able to watch yourself talk. You inspired me, that, Be able to go through that process. By doing that, it just becomes second nature. <laughs> you know, it literally becomes second nature because every time you have a manager meeting, you put the phone on a on the coffee table and you stand it up and you press play and you go for five minutes and talk about the things that you care about, the things that you're on a mission to make better. Yeah. I think why are you, why are you fighting like hell to keep the restaurant open during the pandemic and everything's all the odds are against you put that video on and let people hear it. I can guarantee you every single news station, wherever you're located, they'll get, they'll see that and they'll go, Holy shit. Why aren't, why don't we have this person on? That's a two minute segment on, you know, the nighttime news that leads to some more people coming and buying to go or buying gift cards or choosing you instead of a corporate restaurant. I mean, 
the the the, the possibilities are endless, but you just have to get in, get out of your own way, and make it part of your routine the same way you would any kind of habit that you yeah. have. And it, we, we're constantly creating content. Everything we do every day, the work we're doing, the thought and effort that goes into being us, is the work you should be capturing. And there's a book out there that's literally called show your work. It's a short read and it kind of really explains what, like how you can be creating content with every little thing you do in your life. It's written by Austin Cleone. I'm not sure. I don't think I'm saying that right. Austin K L E O N. That's who the author is. And, um, unless you have anything other, anything more you would like to add Sean or if anybody else well, has any Yeah, questions. I actually have a question. I have a question for the group. Please. What, what's, what's the biggest hurdle? to anything that I was talking about today. Help, help me better present my material. What is, what is the Cora? It's really daunting. You know, you're in a huge place where there's millions and millions of people. And I realize the whole world is that way, but I feel like here being vulnerable or, you know, talking about the things that are really affecting our community. Um, I feel like an alien in my community and I have to run into you in the grocery store all the time. And to me, to you, like I'm an oddball. And um, I think that that like, I'm going to start following you because I, I love hearing all these restaurant owners all over the place. Cause I'm like, Oh, the, the, Eric, that's the awesome thing. Did I answer the question? Yeah, no, I, I love it. This, this, this is the most valuable thing to me is when like the interaction, because I get my argument would be people feel that way already. They've already judged you for opening up your restaurant, no matter how the size of your, the size of your, no matter where you are, the size of your village, the size of your city, the size of where, wherever you are. I mean, just because we're in a, you know, a city of 3 million people in San Diego County, Spring Valley has a hundred thousand people, but the people in Spring Valley don't even know there's a hundred thousand people here. I mean, it's, it's every village is the same, just like every family is alike. We all judge and prejudge. And ultimately all you can do is, is say your truth and your truth is in every single, every square foot of your restaurant, you put your love, heart, blood, sweat, tears into that place. I'm just saying you should do that into your smartphone talk about why you made those decisions because no matter how people feel that will resonate with your community. That's why they come to your restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mike has his hand up. I think he wants to answer your question. And thank you, Cora. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Um, I agree with Cora quite a bit too, with the uh, small town situation, walking through the grocery store and everybody knowing you can, can be interesting. And so I kind of like the mask mandate because now they walk through and they look at you and they're not quite sure if it's you or not. And I can get my grocery shopping done a lot quicker. Um, (laughs) But to answer Sean's question, I think for me, it's mostly a lot of it's just time. um, Yeah. Finding the time to do it and overcoming that fear. I think everybody who hears their voice recorded thinks they sound weird. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just getting past that. Yeah, my, my my best solution to the time is just to start thinking about the content. Basically, the way that I look at it is that everything that we do every single day, like you're doing it for a reason. Like you're, we're in the best business to be in. We're in a service business. We're 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 there to give back, and that's it's more important that you share that why you do what you do 
than to not share it. And it's so much bigger than the village that you're in, no matter how the person at the grocery store feels. And the person at the grocery store, to be honest with you, the people checking out, they might see the video and go, well, why am I not working for Mike? Like the owner of the grocery store never did that. Yeah. Look at Mike putting his, 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 his heart on his sleeves. And he's talking about why he's fighting to keep his restaurant open, why he's, why they're making all these improvements, why they're doing whatever they're doing. Like people need to hear that. You, you, you already had, you already had to have those conversations with the people you love around you. All your family already told you, well, you're crazy for doing what we're already the misfits. Right. <laughs> why are we, why are we scared of being any more misfits than we are? Greg, we're already the crazy, the crazy ones. I love it. Greg, I'm coming back to you, man. I see your hand up. So I'm, I may be, I guess the exception that I actually, I love if somebody sees me outside the restaurant and knows, you know, <laughs> Like I've had, we, we're very niche. We make New York style bagels, um, hand rolled from scratch and not many people do that. So I've had random people at like bars and coffee shops come up and be like, Oh my God, you're the bagel guy. And I mean, I, I love it. So I think that, you know, that what I have trouble, uh, the hurdle for me is I think more from a tactical standpoint of, you know, the actual content itself to post because, you know, there's some people that all they're posting is pictures of food, which it's good, but it gets kind of boring. And then there's people like there's this uh, pizzeria in New York called Russo's Pizza that their Instagram is a bunch of food and then a bunch of the owner just doing just really stupid shit that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a huge following. It's an yeah. awesome account. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of trying to figure out that balance of because we're trying to grow as a brand in addition to, you know, just locally and in our neighborhood, we live in a kind of tight knit or we operate in a kind of tight knit historic area here in, in Alexandria. Um, a lot of our neighbors are walking over to us. So it's kind of that balance between how to be tactical of um, locally focused and, and really working on our neighbors, but also trying to grow as a brand as well and have that still that personal of me and the staff but, you know, but thinking bigger at the same time. I mean, I I think the best advice I can give, like if you're thinking about it just from, let's take Instagram specific, you know, Instagram specific content, there's always those food focused restaurant feeds where it's a curated list of all the sexiest, you know, mouthwatering food menu items. And that's all that they post. I would argue that that works fine to, to, to drive engagement, to get people to come into your restaurant, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the heart and soul of who you are, who you are, who your business partner is, who your community is. And the only way to tell that story is through video. Like that's through video. That's through audio, the images they'll come, but like you can't overthink. Like if you have an idea, no matter how crazy that idea is, you should start creating content, whether it gets engagement or not. Like that's the beauty thing. Like the people that have the best followings, if you think about all the people that you follow and whether it's YouTube, what, whoever they are, they're creating compelling content because it's unique. It's true. They're speaking the truth. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, it went, you know, this went before this manager, before it got approval and then it got posted. Like no one wants to see that crap. I want to see the real stuff. I want to see Alexandria. Tell me about this town. I'm fascinated by the historical town. Tell me about the other businesses and how do they, you know, curate their content. But you can do it in a tactful, nice, great way that promotes who you are and what you do. Now, all of a sudden, the bagel shop in Alexandria has the voice of the village. 
other people are thinking like, hey, you hear about the bagel shop in Alexandria? Like, let's go and see it and let's go visit these other businesses. You become part of that rising tide. Yeah. I've, I've loved this conversation. I feel like I need to answer the question as well because I'll be the first person to admit that I could be much better about social media or using other channels of media to promote the podcast. And straight up, my, my biggest thing is fear of, and it, it sounds weird hearing me say that, but it's, it's fear because I, because I put out so much content, but it, to do the kind of social media that I feel like I should do, I'm afraid that if I say it out loud, my goals are so audacious and so friggin' crazy and so wild. And then if I don't execute the goal or if I don't execute what I say, I'm going to do, it's going to be a question of my integrity. And if I put it out there and I say it out loud, now I have to do it. And it's the fear of follow through. It's a fear of, of doing what I say I'm going to do, which scares the shit out of me. I'll be completely honest, which was, which is why I probably don't share as much as I should. That's very powerful. I'm happy you shared that, Eric, because that is, it, it is it is a hurdle. Yeah, it's a hurdle, and it's it all goes back to ego. I mean, us getting over our own ego of thinking that not only my own self that I'm not going to hold myself accountable to doing what I said I was going to do. I'm going to open ten ghost kitchens in San Diego in the next three years. Like if I don't do that, now there's content out there that says that I'm a liar and I didn't do what I say I was going to do. I right? want to transform the world. Bro, like, exactly. what the fuck, man? Like, who the exactly. hell do I think I am? And like, how the hell am exactly. I going to execute that? And to like get into the details of how I want to do that, go screw off, Cacciatore. Like, who are no, you? No, Cacciatore. I'm going to take this clip. <laughs> and I'm going to say all these people on the call. You remember 2020? We had this right. pandemic call. Eric, you promised me you were going to transform the world. I'm doing my best. All right, <laughs> all right. But I've loved this conversation, man. Thank you so much. Uh, before we say goodbye, let the folks at home know, uh, how can we follow you? How can we connect with you? Um, what's the best way? CaliBBQ.media. That's our website. You can sign up, get our emails. You can email me, Sean, at CaliBBQ.media. Even better, you can tweet at me, at Sean P. Walcheff. Um, tweet at me, tell me you heard me on the show. I'll follow you back. I will turn notifications on for every other tweet that you put out there. <laughs> Um, so that I can retweet and I can share and I can be your first fan, first follower, get you some traction on Twitter. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm open and available to talk to anybody. Uh, we, we love everything that Eric's doing, everything that, I mean, there's never been a more exciting time to, um, you know, build hospitality from the ground up and we have a unique skill set, and I don't think we can overlook that. So don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to reach out. Awesome stuff. And he is in the network as well. So feel free to connect with Sean over at the network. Hopefully this is not the last time you come to hang out with us. Uh, I will be sure to keep you in the loop with all of our future events. And um, thank you for everyone who showed up today. Uh, thank you again to Sean. And uh, there is no questioning. You're all unstoppable. Well, there we go. Another workshop wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys found value in that chat with Sean Walshef. And I think he's on to something. Um, and just to clarify, like I, I will never say that social media and media in general won't support your business. I just kind of get worried sometimes that we are going to make it a priority in the sense of just like letting, I don't know. I think we, we put our nose down on our phones too much, you know, and I want to remind people that the people that matter the most aren't the people who are watching at home. It's the people that are right in front of you. And my concern is that we're going to be so concerned with what, with what thousands of people think of us that we forget that it's really what the person that's literally right next to us thinks of us. And just don't forget that, I guess is one thing 
that I want to make sure you guys remember uh, when you are creating content. And the other thing is, I don't think everybody's really cut out to be a media creator or a content creator, and that's fine. And I, I don't think that we need to put that pressure on people, but I do think that if, if you know that's not you, then it's really important that you start opening yourself up to others and letting them contribute in some way. Um, I think that's kind of what I do with Jared here. I, I recognize that I'm not really great with the details. Uh, Jared does a great job, but he, he's around. He's I'm, I'm capturing it and I'm, and I'm handing it off to him to promote it, to get it in front of you guys. And there's ways to collaborate. There's ways to lean on other people's strengths. Just recognize that, you know, if, if you if you don't feel like you're the right person, at least try to find somebody who's close to you who can help and come to terms some way, somehow. Uh, but I am going to be trying to get creative with Restaurant Unstoppable, going to the future, evolving, if you will, uh, and trying to bring you guys in to like the, you know, behind the scenes uh, to really bring you into my mind and to help you be, to have you guys be a part of the visioning process. Because that's one thing I need to start doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable is, is sharing my vision. But the thing is, the way I process, the way I work, I need to get it out loud. I need to talk through it. And I want to bring you guys into that process of distilling what the, the future of Restaurant Unstoppable looks like and what that vision looks like. Um, and if you want to be if you want to be a part of the conversation, if you want to brainstorm with me, the best way to do that is to come join the network. Uh, head over to restaurantstoppablenetwork.com, create a profile, be a part of the conversation, be a part of the transformation of Restaurant Unstoppable and the industry. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so tomorrow, I think the plan is we're going to do a coffee with Eric, which is something I do every Tuesday and Thursday. I, I go live for an hour on Zoom within the network. It's a closed private network. Uh, and we just have coffee and chit chat. And I think what I'm doing tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to try to connect with Doug York again. And we're going to reflect on we're just going to brainstorm about media and how we can use media to promote our businesses in a very organic fun, natural way. So um, if that sounds interesting to you, then be sure to join us tomorrow at noon Eastern live in Zoom. You got to join the network. There'll be a link in the show notes. Again, this is episode 765. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 765. I'll link to the network and that link that it will be in the, the, the show notes will give you 30 days free. So what are you waiting for? Come hang out. I can't wait to meet you. And that's it for today. Until next time, peace out.